0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks for being with us on this Sunday morning. Well, there was a story in the news just a few days ago and you might remember it. It had to do with a woman who was being uh, verbally assaulted on Canada Line and what stuck out for many people was the fact that only one person intervened. Uh, A young man, a rugby player, uh, intervened to come to her help and it's raised the question about getting involved, what the laws are, what the laws maybe should be and do you put yourself do you make yourself very vulnerable when you are, in fact, getting involved in a scenario like that? Well, joining us to talk a bit more is Paul, a bit more about this, this is Paul Hergott, a personal injury lawyer with Hergot Law. Paul, thank you so much for being with us this morning.
1: Excellent, Joe. It's nice to be here.
0: Uh, it does raise the question, uh, is it uh, the moral code that perhaps we should be stepping in and helping people, or is there the need for a law to force people to do this?
1: Well, I think we've seen again and again, and there have been some really, really horrific uh, cir- circumstances in the news uh, where people have been brutally uh, raped or mur- murdered while bystanders do nothing. Um, The incident that happened on the SkyTrain is a Canadian example, far less horrific, though it could have become that. Um, Our moral standards don't seem to be enough to push us along, and that's where it's been suggested that the law should change to require something of intervention.
0: Uh, and I suppose to, to to take the other side of that or to, to put yourself in that position, I think for most of us, we would like to think that we would step in. And if we saw somebody who was being attacked, either verbally or physically, uh, we would do something. Um, even if it's something such as in that case on the, the Canada Line train, uh, nobody even pressed the button for the alarm. And, and I get it if you're perhaps fearful for your own safety and you don't want to physically get involved, but the fact that nobody called 911, nobody. It appears texted the see something, say something line or tried to alert authorities that something was going on.
1: Right. It's, and, and it's easy for us to look um, in from the outside. And it's particularly easy for someone like me. Who's I'm over 200 pounds. Maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, but perhaps my physical stature would make it that I would uh, feel more comfortable to step up where others of, uh, uh, of less physical stature might feel uh, fearful. But there's, uh, there's this uh, psychological phenomenon called the, the bystander effect, and, it, and it's about uh, a lack of, of personal responsibility to step in when there's other people around. And a law to require something, anything, might break through that. Um.
0: I think back and when whenever we have these discussions I think back to I think it was 2008 and it was a story a horrible story in Gastown of a young woman her, her name was Rachel Davis she stepped in with a friend to break up a fight with a guy who was being beaten up on the street the attacker a, a gun was produced her friend was shot she was shot and killed because she stepped in to break up a fight and I think it's that kind of fear that you never know how sideways things could go if you intervene in an ongoing dispute,
1: that's true. And, and, and the law that's being proposed—I that wrote about in my, my column—being proposed by the uh, the law professor, American law prof- professor Amos uh, Guiora—would not require anything that would put yourself in jeopardy. It would require the, the minimal step of alerting authorities.
0: And, and how would you? Um, but how would you even enforce a law like that?
1: Yeah, well, you've you've got a cir- circumstance like the uh, the football players in in 2013 that that hauled uh, an un- unconscious uh, young woman into their dorm rooms and and raped her, and and there was a, a roommate who was pretending to be asleep. She was uncomfortable with the situation, um, and then later uh, went into the next uh, next room, not alerting the authorities, and and the evidence was there in the prosecution and conviction. Uh, of the folks that raped this this young woman. Um, but this person who did absolutely nothing, the evidence would have been there to prosecute.
0: And and suppose, too, in the moment, her argument would have been that she felt unsafe had she woken up or, or they'd known that she was awake and knew what was happening. She, too, could have become the victim. But I suppose then the law would come into place the, as soon as you are in a safe situation that you can say something or do something, that's when you're obligated to do so?
1: Yeah, in, in that particular circumstance, it actually was another football player who was uh, a roommate uh, who, who, who did nothing. And stepping in at the time, while the woman was being raped, like, oh my gosh, you, you try to put yourself in that situation and imagine not doing something. But the law would not have required it at that time. It would have been after the, the situation is over, the woman is already raped, at least making the phone calls to, to the authorities, make sure she's okay, you know, that kind of a, kind of a thing. Imagine if this got extended to other crimes. Imagine if it became extended to you were required to alert and call authorities if there's an impaired driver. And right now there is no obligation, and I think there should be.
0: And what about as well, because we unfortunately also see cases where not only do people not do anything when somebody is either being attacked, beaten up or whatnot, uh, but bring their phones out and take photos or document it uh, rather than calling authorities. Is there a law... um, or should there be? Do you think, as far as not only are you ignoring it, but you're you're actively recording it?
1: That that's about as offensive a circumstance as you can uh, as you can think of, and and there have been recent news stories about exactly that kind of a situation: a person being beaten um, uh, horribly and then pulling up their phones and, and recording it. I, really, the, the law that's being proposed that I had written about is about alerting authorities. And certainly, if you've got cell phone coverage of, of, uh, of, of yourself recording the event, that, that would be really, really good evidence uh, to support a conviction. Um, I think the law should go further, though. I think the law should require something. Goodness, shout out from a safe place. Um, uh, and, and if our laws required something, anything of intervention, maybe that would break through this bystander effect where psychologically something happens to us that we don't want to sit in.
0: Mm. In the case of, and just to use this one because it's one of the more recent ones, and on the the SkyTrain on the Canada Line car, uh, if you're in a closed environment, I can see as well. If you're if you're fearful, here's a man who, and you're and you're right. If if you're a smaller person, you've already got that working against you because you don't know how things are going to play out. You see this man yelling. You don't know if the two people know each other. You don't really know what the situation is, um, but. At least alerting somebody. I mean, there are panic strips on a SkyTrain. So even when you're in that closed environment, there is a way to call for help without even anybody knowing that you did.
1: Yeah, goodness. Everyone on that SkyTrain would have had a cell phone in their hand, texting and and going to the internet and all that kind of stuff. Like there's there's so much that could be done. And had this rugby player not stepped in, um, and someone but someone had at least alerted the authorities. The very next stop, the, the authorities could have been there and could have stopped the train or whatever it was. Um, and thank, But thank goodness this, this fellow stepped up. But like I said earlier, he, he's a, I think, 23-year-old rugby player. He's um, uh, Sure, he put himself in personal, personal jeopardy, and, and I salute him. But how easy it is, how much easier it is, it is for him, and, or someone like me, uh, to do that, then perhaps some of these other people are on the train.
0: What are your legal rights? If you do step in, say things in this case had gone sideways, and perhaps the man had picked a fight with him, and he ends up getting injured, or he ends up throwing a punch and injuring the guy, the attacker, in the first place. Do you then put yourself at risk of, say, an assault charge, or do you put yourself at risk
1: legally? It's a really interesting area of the law, and in fact, that'll, that'll that's going to be the subject of my follow-up uh, column this week, and and I've done a little bit of research on that, and I'm not considering my, myself authority at this point. But the law is all about reasonableness. So in, in a circumstance like this, he did exactly the right thing. He 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 pushed the 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 attacker. Did not cause any any injury. Let's say though he he pushed the attacker down. And, and just wailed on him with his fists until he was unconscious and his jaw was broken and he was bleeding. Well, clearly that would have been excessive in the circumstances. And he absolutely would have faced not only civil but criminal prosecution for being ridiculous about the situation. But the law doesn't hold um, uh, someone stepping in like that to a, to a very high standard. It becomes really quite apparent if, uh, if, you're, if you're stepping way over the line.
0: Hmm. Well, I look forward to to reading your next column, and I think this is a conversation that people are going to continue having, uh, and about this whole idea of uh, people not wanting to get involved and what our duties are uh, as members of society. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for shedding light on this important topic.